So, uh, in this uh, morning period, um, firstly, we would just uh, like to welcome you all, just to give the small uh, reminders for the person who is facilitating uh, with the small group this morning, and again, the other person with the uh, afternoon. So I've got the piece of paper here uh, uh, in front of me. And uh, firstly, if the facilitator would just kindly uh, check the uh, number of people in the large group meeting, the facilitator also the small group meeting, so that if anybody was unable to come, we can contact, we can pass information over to her or to him uh, uh, there. So do let us know of anyone who was uh, absent. Um, the facilitator will keep some short notes or descriptions, um, perhaps some summary of the uh, questions and so forth. And the uh, task of the facilitator, of course, is to listen to those in the uh, uh, group, ensure everybody um, um, certainly uh, has, a, has a voice and to provide us, if you would please, with a summary that's around 150 to uh, uh, 250 words. And as uh, Ula mentioned uh, yesterday, your uh, good written words is very much appreciated, primarily please in the uh, English, but if it's really necessary for you in the German, of course, uh, feel free to do so. And there is the choice with the writing of the words. So either from uh, the morning session, which may be useful and valuable for you, or from your afternoon session when uh, you are speaking, giving the short three to five minute talk to write a brief uh, summary uh, of that. 150 to 250 words. So one could be in the morning period, or you could write in the afternoon period, send it across to uh, uh, Ula, with me today, put my name in as, as well. So the theme for today is around food, it is around uh, nutrition. So we spend, um, with the application of the mindfulness, of course, a uh, fair amount of uh, time. Excuse me, I'm very sorry, but I don't think we have a facilitator yet. Oh, you don't have a facilitator. All right. So is there one of you, if there isn't anyone who has come forward, is there any one of you who hasn't yet facilitated, who would kindly do it today? And who also has some um, pen and paper accessible? Yes? All right, lovely, thank you. Okay, and um, I'll um, thank you very much for um, um, mentioning that, uh, by the way. And uh, just while I'm talking, so the various sounds aren't coming through uh, from anyone, I'll um, I may put you on the good mute, and then you can unmute um, after. <clears throat> so let me have a sip water going into the mouth at the moment. So, in the various uh, doorways of the human being, entrances and exits, this one here is a pretty important one for the application of mindfulness. So far, the uh, sharing and the communication, of course, has touched regularly over the days together on what comes out of the mouth. This morning, we're going the opposite direction, what comes in. This really important area of uh, mindfulness. Uh, it's one really worth meditating upon, inquiring into. And in that meditating and inquiring into, the, there includes ethics, uh, it includes mindfulness of the outer uh, and it includes the impact on ourselves. So in a way, food 
is personal, social, environmental, and global. When you and I uh, eat, a f eat food, I uh, read somewhere in these uh, huge um, supermarkets, the average item in a supermarket travels a thousand kilometers. So we're also talking about a huge transport industry by sea, by air, by road, and so forth. So let's start with the personal and then gradually expand uh, uh, out, out, outwardly. And in the area of nutrition, just initially, it is one form of nutrition for a human being to eat and to drink. But we also are nourished and this nourishment can and come to us through the receptivity to what we see, hear, smell, taste and touch. So the mindfulness can extend itself to the senses and nourishment can come through the senses. Not through ownership and possessing and having, though that there's nourishment there, but um, it's through really appreciation. The plants, the nature, the sky above, the listening to uh, music, um, the silences and more. Another area of uh, nourishment in life is through intentionality, which includes in it creativity. Nourishes others, but it also gives us nourishment uh, as well. So the arts are really important area of feeling and being nourished. Both from within to without, from without to within. And the third uh, nourishment is with consciousness. What I mean by that is mindfulness, awareness, meditation, presence, just being. Nourishment can come to the being. And why is it important to mention those other three? If a human being is not feeling nourished through the senses, not feeling nourished through the arts and creativity and creative expression, not feeling nourished through presence or mindfulness or consciousness, very easily to compensate for the absence of nourishment, food will get an exaggerated place. There will be food issues, problems around food. There will be too many pilgrimages made to the sacred shrine of, the, of this world, that, for those who have it, the refrigerator. And be lots of thoughts, emotions around eating. So the nourishment in the other three areas, feeling nourished there will contribute significantly to finding a balance with eating. And even with that good balance, that means we're nourished uh, elsewhere, still this uh, necessity and value with regard to eating. And the first and fairly obvious one, because it's personal, social, environmental, and global, is what do we eat? And like many other things in life, we get into a kind of uh, habit, and that habit becomes so frequent, it, it's hard to see outside the habit. <clears throat> Just yesterday, I um, had a telephone call. Um, this is from a, a former prisoner in jail for 27, 28 uh, years or so. And he said to me, his toaster went. 
and he said he uses his toaster every day uh, and he said I put on my toast bread lots and lots of butter and either slices of beef or slices of chicken four slices of toast and that's butter beef or chicken he says every day that's what i eat that's my meal and very little outside of that so to look at what we eat to take an interest in uh, what we uh, uh, eat and to have to really give it a little bit of time of um, before going shopping and this is a, it's a, it's a mindfulness practice uh, here we write down you know perhaps or remember the items that we buy and we just have a look if there's a good balance in what we buy. The vitamins and the, and the proteins and the fruits and the vegetables and the grains and maybe tofu and tempeh or whatever else a person may, uh, may buy. So one just gives consideration to a balance with the, uh, with the diet. Extra mindful of that which is outside of really healthy food and it is fine but one's really had some reflection gone to the shop chosen what's healthy and uh, valuable uh, for one's good health there and anything which is in the field of um, savory or sweet uh, and a bit questionable yes but minimally it's a discipline i counted up uh, one, one week i was curious the amount of time and i live alone spent with work with involved in food just to eat as a human being and very, very roughly, it worked out, if I remember right, this is a few years ago, something like 20 hours a week. And that included uh, the walk to the shop, five, 10 minutes away, buy, to buy the food, come back, prepare the food, eat the food, uh, wash the plates and pans and saucepans and everything, and put everything uh, away. And to eat, um, three times a day, a little bit at breakfast and lunch and yeah, evening. And to make that a mindfulness practice each day and to expand and look at one's view. And I found it interesting just to look at what the contents were on the packet. I found it interesting to see if I can buy food with um, minimal plastic to buy food but not go to the supermarket um, because the supermarkets take all the money out of the local economy that profit to build other supermarkets and, and many other reasons as well. So it's an exploration of uh, mindfulness in which a human being says, wow, I live in a world in which it's required from me food, clothing, shelter somewhere to live and medicine these are essential elements for our survival as the human being and in all four essential elements it really is worth putting a lot of mindfulness and interest in and sometimes making for some people dramatic change and for others modest change but it's an ongoing exploration and that brings a consciousness to the food uh, 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 area. It is important if when we have an interest in food, and uh, may we have an interest in food, 
that we are nourished in the other areas as well, those I just mentioned, through the senses, through intentionality and creativity and receptivity to the arts and um, the other one which I just forgot, just uh, forgot for a moment. Oh yeah, consciousness, mindfulness, meditation. Because if we get too much involved in the food <laughs> and we neglect the nourishment from those other three areas, we tend to get food obsessive, increasingly more judgmental, not only about ourselves, but about others as well. So nourishment elsewhere, checking in mindfully, you are being nourished elsewhere, in those other three big areas, and then finding the balance uh, 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 with the food. And it's fairly simple, fairly simple, in theory and in practice too. We know we've got the balance right with diet and uh, with our relationship to food. If we are not thinking about it outside the times of preparing or buying or eating. So food is going on a lot outside of that. It indicates a lack of nourishment elsewhere. And one of the areas where this easily happens is we're engaged in the fullness of the day and we experience some sensations as we do as humans in the body and maybe in the stomach. It is very easy to associate those sensations in the stomach and label it hunger. So there's a sensations in the stomach. The view very quickly is this is hunger. We believe that view. And then very quickly we go or head for the quick snack. That, if it is hunger, it could be. And we go for the quick snack. On the empty stomach, we're putting that packet of crisps. We're um, putting that, uh, those biscuits. Um, that bar of chocolate those chips, those french fries or whatever, into the empty place. So one, acknowledge and recognize the sensations in the stomach. Two, just check, is this hunger? It's not easy to see, but practice, you'll know the difference. Three, can there be the mindfulness training of the mind, if it is hunger, and therefore there's some emptiness in the stomach, there's some vulnerability, can the intention go to that which is healthy? And it might be a, you know, a piece of fruit, might be some muesli with some almond milk, <coughs> uh, or, or whatever. Might be something uh, organic, whatever. So that when we are hungry, with a quiet commitment to eat that which is healthy, particularly in the hunger because the stomach is empty. It could be that those sensations in the, this lower stomach, abdomen area actually have nothing to do with hunger. It might just be there are some sensations going on. It might be time of the month. Uh, it might be a little stress or agitation there. It might be there's a little dynamic which is going on. So it, it seems like, it feels like this is hunger, but it may not be. And sometimes as a practice, we might be feeling sensations, 
It may be hunger, but we're not going to starve to death. We don't have to start hurrying around in the cupboard or rushing to a, uh, a shop and buying something. We just learn to relax quietly with those sensations there. Watch them rise and fall. Be quietly patient with those sensations and they will fade away. And we say, oh, I'm just going to let them fade away in perhaps one hour or two hours. I'll take some food and that food will be engaged in mindfully. The most vulnerable time for either poor eating or overeating is when there is some difficulty with the emotions, more than anything else. So when there is some emotional unrest, and then we're, we're feeling it in the body, it's generating sensations, and we're not using the food for nourishment, but we're actually using the food as a substance, as a weight to consume food, to drop it on top of the emotions, to push the emotions away. So the painful emotions, humanly that we've identified with, they are agitating everywhere. We're having difficulty in coping with these, this experience. We want it to stop quickly, so we go to something, food being um, a common one, sometimes drink, alcohol, sometimes something else going in the mouth, a spliff, marijuana, something else, in order to put in a cloud of smoke, to put in an alcohol, to move the consciousness to escape, to put in a lot of um, heavy food, to drown it, or whatever. All is a form of escape from the emotion. And that is such a, obviously, a very temporary answer because it doesn't resolve the issue. So to know ourselves is to know what, what kind of situation do we find ourselves feeling most vulnerable with the emotions? Is it through rejection from the other? The father, the mother, the boss, uh, the partner, the husband, the wife, children, or whatever. Um, is it when I really, really want something, it's really not working out, I begin to feel a bit unhappy, I begin to feel depressed, I then start, find myself eating more food to get away from that feeling. So we want to know what kind of environment or situation produces a reaction. So we find ourselves eating more or for some it's eating less. Person is feeling unhappy, partner has left them, they've lost the job, What's life all about? Feeling a bit low. One loses the appetite and one can't eat and possibly can't sleep as well. And therefore the emotion has affected the diet in the other way. But we need to know our vulnerabilities. I, I went to see um, the nurse, when you get to a certain age in Britain and other countries, you have these kind of once a year or every couple of years checkups. They go and see the nurse, they do the blood test, they check the heart and see if one's going to hang out for another year or so or whatever. And she made an interesting comment to me. Nurse has been nursing for more than 30 years. And she said, every human being has in their body at least one weak spot. So here we are, we've evolved we've, you know, into this form of the body, and we're 
you need to use the clothing to keep it warm and cool and shelter with regard to the elements and food and so but everybody to know yourself you've got to know what your weak spot or spots are in the body uh, and there and food can have a, a place with all of this so she said to me Christopher what's your weak spot so uh, I said I'm carrying around in my gallbladder, understand gallbladder, um, uh, 21 gallstones. Um, and my mother had her gallbladder out when she was in her 40s, maybe 50s. My grandmother had her gallbladder out and my great-grandmother so it's a kind of hereditary genetic weakness. And I said to my daughter, be mindful of what you eat because you're the eldest. She's the only child of God. So, you're, so therefore you're the next in line. Be mindful because it might be passing on to you. So the doctor had said very quickly, the doctor had said to me, look, it's very easy. Pin, uh, pinhole operation. You come in one day, probably in the evening time, you go home, we'll take the gallbladder out. It's got no evolutionary purpose. And I went, oh, yeah. And, um, and he said, it's all over. And I, I laughed. And I said, come on. I, I live in Totnes. We don't do surgery. We do diet. And so I just, this is 12 years ago now, um, cut out minimize the fats, pretty well cut out the fats out of my uh, 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 life, uh, reduce dramatically. <clears throat> and so far, um, the gallstones and I are getting on very well together. We're, we're kind of uh, coexisting. So I cut out, I became vegan from vegetarian. So that meant no cheese because of the fat content, no butter because of the fat content, Minimal amount with the biscuits, uh, uh, things like that. Um, no yogurt, um, no milk. And just that single change. Um, also, it relieved a lot of aches and pains in my knees. I'm 76 years of age. Um, so I could still sit cross-legged uh, there. My, some of my fellow teachers of my age are, uh, are in the chairs these days. So just the change in the diet was healthy for the body. I didn't have to use the NHS for an operation uh, there. And that just that shift over over the past 12 years. So far, so good. So I don't say diet's the answer to everything. But I do say mindfulness, care, learning the weak spots, making some changes are very helpful. And then finally, finally, the act of eating itself, it can be kind of rather sacred. Something beautiful about it. The reminder of the interconnectedness of others, the farmers, the farm workers, people who transport the food, uh, beloved shopkeepers, and the international community, and much more. When we eat, to chew the food well, take your time, it's rather mindful and meditative. And sometimes some of my friends, if they're sharing and sharing a meal with the others, sometimes just if they're supportive, just have a quiet, silent meal. Lovely. Just to share quietly uh, if they're communicating uh, there. So mindful eating, leaving space in the stomach, at the end of the meal for it to digest, chewing the food well, so it's almost a liquid, and uh, knowing ourselves and that we're con contributing to a healthy culture, a healthy social life there. Around, um, in Britain, around 1,000 people a week are becoming either a plant-based diet, vegan or vegetarian. The majority of those are women, and the majority of those women are in a younger age group. 
and I'm very, very happy to hear this because some of those women will be mothers, they'll be giving service as men too to uh, other uh, people and the mindfulness and the diet can be passed on through the generation. All right, enough. Let's have a quiet minute together, shall we? And then if there are any responses or questions that you have, please feel free to ask. Right, everyone. Thank you, then. Cheers. So, usual with the responses, one can be um, in the written uh, form and uh, or in the spoken form. And if you speak, uh, do just um, remember to. Uh, uh, unmute yourself when you are finished to uh, put the mute back on and that helps to uh, it's a bit easier with the listening. Anyone has any uh, responses, anything you'd like to uh, say, feel free. Yes, Christopher, um, I would like to share something mm-hmm. um, about what you said now. Um, it's Martin. Yes, all right, Martin. I'm just going to um, unpin myself. So. Okay, all right, with you. And I also have a question which came up um, last uh, last year. Yes. Um, What I want to share is that I uh, got aware these days that my change of life in um, on behalf of nutrition started uh, with a um, retreat I had with you in 1982. In Bodh Gaya. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Until that time, I, I, my nourishment was very normal. I ate um, meat and everything. And at that um, retreat, there was uh, vegetarian food. Yes. And I was not used to this. I thought until that time, people who are eating vegetarian food, they're a little bit silly or crazy. Mm. It's not normal. And um, I did two retreats. It was three weeks with you at this um, uh, Tibetan um, house in um, in uh, Bodh Gaya. The Thai, the Thai monastery. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Thai monastery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 I remember very good when meditating in the evening that you said, if you eat, just let enough space in your stomach to digest and to breathe. Mm. These small words changed my life because I, I started really to feel that I had eaten always too much and to, um, to fill my emptiness with food. Mm. So these words just leave enough space in your stomach. Maybe you remember you said that that time. Yeah, regularly, absolutely. And of course, as a Buddhist monk, the teacher said it to me, said it to yeah. all of us. Uh, and uh, I'm just passing on the same. Leave, yeah. leave the space in the stomach for yeah. digestion. It, it's like a mantra in my head yeah. at that time. Yeah. And when I left the monastery and, and went on on my way through India, uh, came back to Germany sometime later, I became vegan after mm-hmm. half a year without knowing to be vegan. Because <laughs> yeah. there was, I, I didn't know the word, there was nobody else, but I felt I don't want to eat any more animal. I had no ethical idea about it. Mm. It just was, I don't want to eat any more from animals. And it started with the vegetarian time in the uh, Thai monastery in Bodh Gaya. Mm, lovely. So since 82, I'm vegan. I know it since 86, maybe, yeah. that it's called vegan. And um, since 1996, uh, I'm teaching at an academy for 
um, students of drama arts. Mm. And so my classes are very small. They are uh, seven to eight people, eight, eight young people each year. And I uh, know that nowadays I had about 200 students in that time. From this 200 students, 20 are vegan, meanwhile. Um, they weren't vegan when starting the, um, uh, to study. But I know a lot of them told me that they watched me, how I live, how I am, and they started to try and that they uh, found out for mm -hmm. themselves out of political, out of ethical, whatever reasons, to, uh, to, to stay with it. I'll, uh, just because I've got um, a few others who, who would be waiting. Um, yes, yes. Um, but just, just to point that it, I mean, really appreciate, it also shows in uh, India, is a, um, your receptivity, and sometimes we're so receptive, something useful and valuable touches us. That then travels through the years and with yourself through the decades as well, and indirectly it gives inspiration to others. And that, that uh, inspiration, twenty students, say, wow, the teacher is living this way and they get some real nourishment and that nourishment affects what they eat. That's, yeah. that is, um, uh, I have a short question, if I, if I may. Yeah, do. My, yeah. my question is, um, as I experienced through you and, and through my life, um, it's possible to change surrounding just with the own living. Mm. But one father told me um, half a year before they, they were eating um, in the dining room with guests and his son, he's about uh, 15 and he's yes. vegan, uh, started, they were talking about yeah, nutrition. Can, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, I yeah. need the point. Yeah, the, because the, the we point. only have half an hour and as you so, know, so, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry. He, he was screaming, you cannot eat like this. You have to think that you are dis, uh, um, uh, distracting the world. You, you are distracting my future, you have to Whoa. change. Whoa. And, and, Whoa. And, and he was screaming and he was loud and Whoa. he changed the mind of the people. So the father asked me, what should I do to become vegan? So my question is, Whoa. is it always about being mindful or is it sometimes important to really have a stand and, and, and to show uh, like, like, a like a revolution? I want to change. This is my question. Yes. Um, um, between the passive passivity of submission and not saying anything, um, sometimes it is the strong emotional outburst uh, and it has an impact on the others. But what can happen is that the importance of the communication isn't recognized and what's only heard is the emotional outburst oh what's what's wrong with him what's wrong with her uh, there so i think it's a really important discussion point I, I really think even at the food table as well um to find a way of bringing it into the conversation and usually with diet and food, there are two considerations. For some, what's important for some women, men and children is protection for the animals. These put contribution to end, ending these animal factories. For others, it's the health issue. What's the impact of eating uh, uh, animal products? Uh, on, on the health. To me, both are fine. If it's contributing to a real change, it's environmentally friendly, empathy for the animal kingdom, but, and also, or it, and it's contributing to our health and well-being. If that's the motivation, that might be the part of the conversation uh, 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 with, uh, with others uh, there. And sometimes the outburst, you know, it's strong and it, it might shake people, but it might just go the other way. They only see, they only see the emotional outburst, they don't hear what it's about.
Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes, anyone, please. <clears throat> Hi, Christopher. Hi, good morning. Um, I would like to share an experience. Please do. Um, so right now I'm in the very privileged situation that um, I mainly eat organic food because of the place where I live. I live in a community and we buy the food together and we get uh, huge reductions, um, price, re price reductions on buying no, our food. So, and, and so I noticed that um, if I eat food with good quality and that has been produced ethically, that um, I actually need to eat, <clears throat> I actually need to eat less to feel Yes. Nourished and full. Very good. Which, point. which makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. And then I also have made the experience. I, I lived in the United States, as you all know by now. Yes. yes um, beforehand, yeah. and um, food quality in the United States is really something different. Um, there is, at the West Coast, everything available. There is organic food. There are local farmers who farm mm -hmm. organic. But the prices to get to buy that food are really, really high in comparison to um, our income and food prices here. Yes. So um, a lot of people, and that included myself in the first two years, are really not able to buy that. healthy food. Because so here in Germany, even if you, I would say, buy food that is not organic, it seems that the nutritional content in it is still quite okay yes. but over there if you don't have much money the food you can buy including fruits and vegetables doesn't seem to nourish you and i could feel that on my own body that yes. no matter even if i i thought i ate balanced i had my my, my body had the sense that it was still hungry Yes. So a lot of people over there and in many other countries for that yeah. matter, um, th that's just the story of their life when it comes to nutrition. Mm. So yeah. I guess my question is if, if there is millions of people who, who cannot fulfill this, well, you know, the, the, the point A, mm. being, being nourished, uh, in a wholesome and healthy way by 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 food um i mean how how do we how um, how can they you know how can they be nourished in the other in the other ways that, that you or yeah well how to respond to that you know like as a facilitator. Yes. Uh, one of the really important areas, but, but here, see, um, a person, let's say a mother or father, might go to the doctor and the person is eating a lot of poor, poor food with really little nutritious content to it quite often overeating because it's not nutritious and still trying to get the nutrition there. So that, as the years go by, has more impact, more and more weight gets put on, that puts more pressure, person feels unhappy about themselves, about the way they feel about themselves, so then they eat even more, and then they go to the doctor. High blood pressure, diabetes, threatened heart disease, possible cancer, etc. The doctor, may have the same problems. The doctor may provide, in this country, a leaflet, um, five veggies, two fruits every day. It's just going to get, the leaflet's going to be thrown into the bin. So we need a new kind of education. And so one of the women in um, Totnes, where I live, pretty food conscious uh, town, highest percentage of vegetarians and vegans in the country, etc., etc. And the person 
began making contact with those with health issues due to diet. And sometimes the diet related to the emotional problems as well. And the town, we had a meeting about this, giving her support, because quite often it's the very poor families who are suffering the most. And then she's meeting with them, and they're sharing and talking together once a week. And in this case, it's a group of women. And then the women come back the following week, and they're talking about the changes they're making in their eating habits for themselves, their partner, or if they're a single mum, uh, with their kids. So it's the sharing, the communicating, and the nourishment, and the making of the changes, and that's how it's going to happen. It will require people with lots of kindness to show it is possible, it can be really affordable, which is a major issue like you pointed out, so people get afraid of the organic prices, but it really is possible to live well, cheaply, with nutritious food because one is eating less and spending more. <laughs> um, but it will only happen in the groups. Uh, and the other, I mean, if I had my way, and, and I had the privilege of being um, in a totalitarian position, I would, without a blink, say to the supermarkets and others, you sell healthy, organic food, you stop the selling of junk food, chemicalized food, processed food, and all the other food, and if you don't, you're closing down. And I would say to all the unhealthy companies, from the, from the McDonald's to all the other junk food, is you making people sick, you are going to provide the hospitals and you're going to pay for them and not just people get unhappy, overweight, sick, diabetes, heart disease, blood pressure, etc. And the doctors will send them and you will pay for their health. That's how I do it. Radical. All right. But I don't think I'm going to have that power, but... Um, it might, uh, like the good man just said before you, he heard, oh, have some space in the stomach when you're eating. It struck a, an accord, it, it rang a bell. So I put out my uh, radical statements and maybe someone will take it up. And um, the, uh, these big supermarkets will change their behavior. <laughs> All right, yes, hi. What's your name? Judith, Judith. Oh, Judith, yeah, my same yeah. name as my sister. All right, oh. okay. Right, <laughs> I, just, I just want to add to that, that yeah. I think we wouldn't have the whole crisis that we have right now if we had a holistic like yes. um, education. Yes. And it's, I, I'm really concerned about it because yeah. now actually, you know, exactly the other way, like those who, who don't care about the people, they have to say in their agendas and um, how the money is spent and... Yes. You know, because what strengthens the immune system? Um, exactly, exactly. Of course. And now, you know, they do the opposite now. Yeah. And we, we're having um, authoritarian measures imposed on us. Yes. And yeah, I really feel like we need to bring that into the society in a big way now. Because nobody in Germany, nobody talked about strengthening the immune system. No. From the official side. And I just, you know, it's getting so, like, contrary right now that for me it's a really strong polarization, mm. and I feel like we have to do something. Very good, very good. Mm. I, I agree that every day in Britain and it's probably similar in Germany, there's the daily press conference, and either the health minister and now the prime minister in his recovery, plus the medical science, medical. Chief Medical Officer, Chief Science Officer, the three of them are there having a press conference there. It's been going on for two months. Uh, I don't think the word food has been mentioned. I just, it, it's not in their brain cells. It, it is, it, it's 
like you point, is huge neglect of what is of fundamental importance for health. And the outcome uh, of this, uh, with no mention, no encouragement, being authoritarian there, well, how about a little bit of authoritarianism in speaking every day about the diet? Every single day, so people realize I have to change my diet to, to strengthen the immune system. And, and that will give some, not total, but some protection from this very contagious virus. They just, it's tragic. It's tragic what we live with. And therefore, uh, we need a kind of, in, in schools, in classrooms, a holistic education every, everywhere and some radical changes um, uh, in this food industry. Uh, and uh, thank you for really, really good reminder there. <laughs> thank you, Judith. Thank you. Yes, anyone, please. Any responses? Um, let me just see if there's anything in the written world. Oh, no, all good. <clears throat> my my, my, different, my um, daughter, Nashona, also my best friend as well. And little points still stick in my mind. She's been vegetarian since birth. And I said to her, look, from, from the time she's in her teens, you're an adult, you want to go to McDonald's, you can go to McDonald's, you know, don't, just you do what's right for you. And the little incidences come to mind. When she was five or six years old, she went to her friend's birthday party. And friend, about the same age. And when she came back home, she said to me, Daddy, she said, they were eating legs of chicken. And they were eating bits of cows. And it just didn't occur to her that there were people who were meat eating. And she was shocked by this. It should be. <laughs> um, Christopher, um, do we have any instructions for us or inspiration for our uh, group meeting today? For, for the um, the morning, the, the one, the small one this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, you will decide if it's inspiring, and I'll give the instruction, <laughs> the guidelines. So. Um, it's on the, th the theme, again, of uh, food. The uh, uh, facilitator, uh, um, in, uh, since it's for a period of time, kind of roughly gives everybody some opportunity to uh, speak. The facilitator could offer a, li a little silent time. That could be five or ten minutes in the period of time. And just a quiet time. And it could be the question, what does one appreciate about food? Why is food beautiful? It could be the question, um, are there any changes worth meditating upon where I might make some change in my diet, let's say. Um, it could be, what will, when I go shopping, what would be the discipline? What would help to keep me focused? Because the shops, especially the big ones, the supermarkets, are doing everything to get one to buy things that one doesn't need. The packaging, the presentation, the three for two offers, and much, much more. And it's not easy to walk into a large shop and just be steady with what one needs. <clears throat> so, some ideas of listening to people about their diet, listening to people about what they feel is important for them. Um, some of us 
Um, I have a meeting with a group of um, mothers, um, actually on Wednesday night, a Zoom meeting. And what they're looking at, what we're looking at together is insomnia and emotional crisis. This is, these are women um, enduring or gone through domestic violence and the impact it's having on them. So sometimes they're looking at food, another instruction here, food in its relationship to sleep and its relationship to sleeping. <coughs> what do we eat? When do we eat? How much do we eat? How's our relationship? Can we move um, from eating a meal? Um, and it's an experiment to going to sleep well uh, 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 there. How are we when our stomach is empty? So it'd be a few small points and it might be in the form of a question. You give each person a little opportunity, some opportunity to share. The facilitator might ask an extra question to that person. And you've got a few themes. So one would be shopping. And one would be what we eat. Um, another would be what changes might I make. What do I need to eat more of? Things like that. Um, am I willing to pay a little bit more for organic food uh, and therefore eat more nutritiously with the trust? It's more expensive if I eat less, so it, work, it cancels out, it works out. So those are the kind of instructions uh, there and may it be uh, of inspiration <laughs> to you. Thanks. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yes, anyone, please. <clears throat> um, yes, uh, I would like yeah. to put something in. Can you please hear me well? Yeah, do go. Yeah, go ahead. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I would like to present uh, you something like a problem I'm seeing the older I get yes. with this. Uh, on the one hand, I'm so, um, I do so agree with uh, everything that was shared by you, Christopher, and of some, by some others here. Mm. On the other side, I'm seeing people I know well and I love. For example, my beloved sister, and she mm -hmm. smokes, and um, she eats meat, and she overeats, and sometimes I also overeat. It's not mm -hmm. that I'm the same. But I'm I'm since long on a path to change this. Yes. Change this, you know. And um, so I take my sister. I take my parents, um, who 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 were after war, who were war children. My father over at extremely, and my mother slim like this. So the two really extreme. Mm. And I bring in a third point. Um, I was I did some street retreats. So we lived on the streets with homeless and I started to appreciate to have food at all. Mm. And all these, all these kind of fancy um, thoughts, which tomato do I have here, were, were, were absolutely without importance, without re relevance. You just wanted to eat. Mm. And it changed me to thoughts many questions more more than before uh, this changed me to more to train more tolerance and patience and um which is good you might say it is good but it also i am more skeptical about the length of the time a society will need to so that so that our kind of um, deeper understanding might confuse everything, every region, because we have this violence of poverty. Exactly. And I come to this and stru much structural violence, and I come to to see more the roots of so much misery mm. and also emotional misery. There are some people who just refuse to to or cannot see the point to to be happy. Yes, exactly. So what 
and and this is also something we have to recognize. I even recognize it in my in my own way that there was that there were that there I had to live periods where I would not know that I deserved to be healthy and happy. Yes, nice, nice. So it, these are the three points. Yes, all, all very uh, important points here uh, with food because it's so emotional. Yeah. It's so, and it's so habitual. It's, you know, one loves one's sister. One, one, loves, one, one loves one's close friend. One loves one's parents. And, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, and, and it is a, a real concern. Um, it's an exploration in which the change may come, may come through support. Uh, and sometimes one might give personal example or example of uh, others and to do something together. Let's go shopping together, the food shop, yeah. <laughs> together. And let's see what's really healthy food and what we need to have a bit of concern about. So they don't just all get mixed up together. Let's have one basket for the healthy food and one basket for the less healthy food. Things like that. It might, um, a friend of mine um, with her mum, in this case, she's really concerned about her mother's health and the mother's going to have a stroke or a heart attack, etc. And she said, hey, said mum, let's go through everything, all the food you've got. And let's have a, let's put it, put it all out. You, um, look at everything in the fridge, everything in the food, and let's see what's going to be healthy for you, good, and, and, and what's not. And the mum agreed. So she felt loved. She mm -hmm. felt supported. She knew mm -hmm. the daughter was, uh, a, it was out of care and compassion. So it's this situation of, rather than telling, doing something together and making some fun out of it and enjoyment, uh, enjoyment out of it, not getting serious. Mm. Uh, and sometimes there can be a good clear out and then start, a, uh, start afresh. So love, empathy, doing things together. To me, that's the key. Because mm. we can't tell them. They, 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 we can't say. We can't. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, just, thank you, okay. Thank you. All right, I'm just going to read the last line. I, I agree with uh, Marina. I find that another point of feeling nourished are my social contacts. Beautiful. Um, saving and loving social contacts. And for me, giving to others. Really important part of the nourishment. And it's really, really uh, uh, precious. So we receive the nourishment in various ways. And I have said to uh, a few of my good friends who have done a lot of mindfulness practice, they have received a lot of nourishment you know, from teachers, from organizations, from courses. And I've said to a few of them over the time, over the years, now is payback time. <laughs> so we receive a lot, we breathe in a lot. I was a monk, I breathed in a lot, teachings and practices, I breathed in a lot. And then there's a point when one has to start out-breathing, you know, kind of returning. And I think Martin's words there is a good reminder. We breathe in, we receive, we breathe out. And we can keep doing that, student to teacher. Student breathes in, teacher breathes out. All right, covered? Let's have a, thank you very much, everyone. Let's have our quiet minute together, shall we? <clears throat> May all beings feel nourished through our social contacts. May all beings feel nourished through the nature. May all beings feel nourished through eating healthy food.
Thank you very, very much, everybody. Love to, lovely to see you. See you uh, later on. Have a, a precious uh, small group meeting on one of the most vitally important uh, areas of our time, as our last person just gave us all a reminder. Thank you very much, everybody. Lots of love. Bye now. I'll switch off now. Okay, okay.